Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the unofficial 40. Soonerscoop.com's very official recruiting podcast featuring Soonerscoop.com recruiting publisher, Josh McQuistian. Get your recruiting fix from the leader in Sooner Recruiting. It's the unofficial 40 with your hosts, Soonerscoop.com publishers, Gary Murdoch and Josh McQuistian. Eddie all right, it is time. Uh, overdue, long overdue. Another time, another podcast coming here uh, from the Sooner Scoop boys. The whole crew is here once again. We did our last podcast a Tuesday before Iowa State, and we've kind of had a lot of shuffling around this week coming back. Uh, and uh, Joe, Josh McQuistian is joining us uh, from his home base. Josh, how you doing today? I'm doing great, guys. Just uh, it does. It feels like it's been a long time since we all kind of caught up. People are going to complain now. All right, uh, Eddie is here. He Hello. is just fresh from the barber, I believe. Yeah, I got a haircut this morning. Looks sharp. I mean, like you're wearing a hat, and I can tell. That's how long you get your hair. Your, yeah, you let your hair grow. It was it had gotten out of hand, so I had to uh, I had it's, to go take care of that this morning. It's either very short or out of hand. It's only there's only two hairstyles for Eddie Radosovich. Yeah. That that keeps maintenance down, so it it's not uh, it's not terrible. I when you were like a little kid, you were just awful to deal with. Like to get to go to bed, to wake up, to eat your vegetables. I didn't eat any vegetables. You just don't like doing. There's certain things that you don't like doing. Yeah, like stupid stuff. Like getting a haircut. Uh, I like getting my haircut. I just don't go very often. I hate the like the awkward kind of discussion that you have to have with the barber, and it's like. I mean, if 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 Find I could a hot just chick somewhere, yeah, I, I my mom used to go to a, a girl that was really attractive, but I knew her little sister, and it was kind of uh-huh. awkward. So I don't know. She if knew I how just, horrible you were. Uh, no, she knew how horrible I was. Uh, if if I could just go to the barber though and walk in, nobody say anything to me, and we get it done in eight minutes, I'd be cool with that. I bet my money is that Josh McQuistian does what I have set up now, which has taken me 40 years of life to do. Josh, do you have like a standing appointment like every four weeks somewhere? No, but I should. Because every time I walk out of the barber, I'm always saying, I'm going to be back here in three weeks or four weeks, and I'm going to get this done. And then like two months rolls by. And it, literally, I was going to say this. I Once we're done with this, I'm going to get my hair cut. Because we have McQuistian family pictures this weekend. This oh, is a joy that yeah. really uh, ke- keeps giving each year for you the Christmas cards. driving down to the beach? No, we'll be, I think, at a Christmas tree farm or something, trying to pretend it's cold when it's 75 degrees in Houston. <laughs> I could never get over that. Then there is, it's disgusting. Then there is Joe Duvall, who uh, has more hair than anyone. He just has a Sherpa come over and trim him up every once in a while. I got to compensate for you all. I got to have all the hair for the group. <laughs> 
The problem with the, and I've had long hair before. I don't know if I've ever had hair as long as yours, especially in the back. I've never had hair as long as mine either. Is when you want to go business, it's almost impossible. You just look kind of weird. Oh, it's tough. It's I, when you have to go man bun. You, yeah, you mock me, but if you don't do the man bun, I mean, there is no other better Like right look. in there, you've got like a, you, you're, you're trying to be fancy. I'm, I just You've got like a little part going. I got to just kind of pull it back and tuck behind the ears. And but then hairs everywhere you, behind you. The worst part is because you don't know what's going on in the back of your head when you have all this hair until all of a sudden you kind of feel like a tickle halfway down your back and you're like, oh, that's not good. Do, My, you, do you feel like small children are curious as to whether or not you're related to Santa Claus this time of year? Oh, I've I've actually played Santa Claus multiple times for my in-laws, and I'm and I'm very good at it, and I'm okay with little kids thinking I'm. Is Santa that why Claus. you're gaining weight? Uh, I, am I gaining weight, or am I just always fat? I can't ever tell. When you're when you're already fat, <laughs> I it's just so assumed hard to that tell. there was there was a version of you that was skinny, like really skinny at one point. <sighs> no, I don't know. I was short and stocky growing up. When I played baseball in high school, I was at my most athletic, but nobody on that team would tell you I was athletic. I was always the slowest guy, and. I've always first baseman. Yeah, they put me at first base for a reason. Yeah, they do that. Uh, all right, so we've got the friendly banter out of the way. I'm, I've mocked <laughs> Joe enough for one podcast and his hair. Uh, and see, I'm not even jealous because I have hair. Like if I was balding or something. Yeah, I, I realized my quip was a little mean because you guys do all have great heads of hair. No one here is really balding or anything. Yeah, my, I, I'll be the first to go probably. My roommate doesn't have any hair, and I remind him about that a lot. He hates it. Uh, no, he he's he's embraced it. I mean, he he's gone with the full shave. So. Oh, he shaves it clean. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm going to do when it happens. I think that's why I'm doing this first. You know what? I was really surprised. And I don't want to get into politics, but I saw who's the 538 guy? Nate Silver. Nate Silver. Is I he hadn't still seen alive? him in a while. He has the worst comb over I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's bad. He like for someone to be that smart, like you'd think that you could look is in the smart? mirror and just say, "This is horrible." What it, I'm doing to myself. Is he smart? I assume he is. I mean, everything that he's said in like the last two years has been completely wrong. Okay. We're not getting into politics. <laughs> I'm just, I, that's, that's a very non-political White college comment. graduate. We're not getting into politics. It's a very non-political comment. I'm just saying like, he's like 0 for 25,000 on predictions <laughs> in the last two years. It should be more years. like 0 for 50 million, wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Predicting stuff is just—I never know why anybody goes into that. I always—I don't like that part of our job, to be honest. It's, who can predict the future? I mean, it's almost, you like stats, though. I do love stats. I like looking back. I don't like so much trying to predict. You the like future. data. Yeah, data. Let Nate Silver loves data. Yeah, I, he, and he's—he's he's trying to use data to predict the future, but it's really—I mean, it's really impossible. But my thing—he has money. To your point, Carrie, if you have that much money now, why can't you have a stylist? Like, if you look at any celebrity before they were this famous, so bad. they look bad. But now you have money. You can go get a nice it's stylist, like, it's pay like for a good haircut. It's like if Costanza decided he wanted to have a horrible, you know, thing at the front of his head. I I can't I don't even know what he looks like. He was on live coverage and I saw him and it was the first time I've seen him in a long time and I was just like, "My god, man. What are you doing?" Than, oh, wow, he does. It's like a little I don't know what that it's like a little ramp in the front of his head where he's trying to meet where the hair is gone. He looks like somebody that would Really enjoy numbers and predicting. Yeah. I think he's smart. No, I think he's probably is. Uh, he's a lot smarter than me. Okay, so OU Baylor coming up. High school football tonight. We're doing this podcast on a Friday. Sorry we didn't get it done earlier. Uh, but better late than never. So high school football tonight. Josh, just in the region, what stands out to you uh, with what's going on in Oklahoma tonight? 
Well, you know, for an opening weekend, it's actually really good. And I think that's probably made that way because of the splitting of 6A. So you're not getting these, you know, lambs to the slaughter to Jinx and Union that you used to see. I mean, Union's going to play Broken Arrow, which is considerably down from its last four or five years. But it's still a good Broken Arrow team, and it still uh, has some athletes and some guys. But you look at the Jinx side of things – Jinx went undefeated and has to start the seat, uh, start the playoffs with Southmore. Like yeah. that's that's a probably the most talented as far as Division One prospects uh, team in the state, maybe with the exception of Union. I mean, so you're you're talking about a huge opening game right there. Obviously, Oklahoma commitment Bray Walker in the game, Casey Thompson, you know, a four-star quarterback that has offers from everywhere, and Jinx is just. It's like the anti-jinx team. They are not loaded with guys, and you're not thinking about all these juniors that are going to be prospects. It's a very workmanlike jinx team, and I think that's really interesting to see how that plays through the playoffs. But they're they're all you know. You go to five A and four A in Oklahoma. It's it's amazing how good those playoffs could be with some of those um, matchups in the semis and quarterfinals. Let me ask you, Southmore. Other than Bray Walker, is it just that their offensive line is terrible? Is that what's been their biggest problem this year? Because, I mean, it seems like every time I'm listening to their game or hearing about their game, somebody's running for their lives. Yeah, I mean, the offense also bogs down in the red zone. I watched them against Westmore lose that game they shouldn't have lost. Uh, I mean, they just couldn't convert on fourth downs. They missed field goals. They couldn't trust their kicker. And once they kind of got in that condensed space, uh, offense became a lot harder for them. That's what that's what I saw in my one game from them. They they just they seem to not be able to close it out when they get close to the end zone. And then their I mean their defense is should be better than it is. They got guys like Javarius Owens and Quindon Lewis who are I mean those guys are going to be good D one guys. I, I I to be honest I don't know that team should be better than it is. And I I thought this would be the year where everybody's like oh my god oh you didn't offer Casey Thompson they offered somebody else why didn't they offer this guy but none of that's come out. He's really kind of had a you know and, and this is just me by looking at the box score every Saturday morning but it seems like he hasn't had that good. That 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 type of year like that you were last thinking, year. yeah, his numbers last year were ridiculous. I I think he probably also is hurt in that I don't know how much of a running game they have, and it's probably you know it probably goes back to the offensive line and the things that are kind of out of Casey's control. I yeah. guess would be the best best way to put it, or the easiest way to put it. Do you like I, how I I, I, I I try and not be redneck when I do my impersonations of how someone's panicked? I kind of, I kind of went surfer guy there. That's uh, that's. Oh my God! What's going on? That's a guy that's been on the beach. He's a beach guy. Well, he'd be happy because they got the California kid. That's true. Is his was his season done? Did he ever come back from injury? He got hurt, and I think they're in the playoffs. Rising. But I don't think that uh, I don't think that he's participating. I could be wrong on that, Josh. No, yeah, he he is. What I have read is he suffered a separated shoulder. He hurt it. And then came back, and then he played one game, and he played unbelievably, and then got hurt again. So he, I don't think you'll see him again the rest of the year. But he's one of those guys. I think even with missing like four games, I bet he threw for close to three thousand yards and probably had 30, 35 touchdowns. Like he still had an amazing year by anybody's standards. He just kind of got dinged up and wasn't really able to. Um, to kind of push things forward with his team. And, yeah, like Eddie said, they'll start the first round of playoffs uh, tonight in California as well. Josh, any any kids you can think of or, or that you have your eye on that you think might uh, kind of explode with offers with a, a really good playoff run, really good performances? 
Wow, that's a great question. I, I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, had Sterling been offered the junior, his junior year when he played quarterback and they won the state championship? Had he been offered by Oklahoma, or were they still kind of figuring? No, it out they. There? I don't. Eddie, Eddie has obviously has really good insight at Hall, so he may correct me on this, but I'm almost sure that he picked up his offer like early spring. I want yeah. to say like late February, early March of his. Uh, the and, end of his junior year. As far so I don't as I know that. how that worked, that was basically Stoops coming in with an executive decision saying, we're offering this yeah. guy. Like, I think Jay Norvell was kind of on the fence about whether he wanted to offer him or not. If I remember correctly, it was during the spring because I remember going out to a spring practice to interview Sterling about the Oklahoma offer. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure that that was during the spring because they were just in like shorts and a shirt. Now, I think when Norman North made their run... That was what solidified his offer for from Oklahoma uh, when he was a Jordan senior. Jordan Evans? For Jordan Evans. Yeah. What did I say? No, you, I yeah, just... Because yeah. I saw him that year. We've talked about that game. We talked about it a few weeks ago when we were discussing Devin Thomas. Um, and yeah, it was, he was the night that he had the big punt return against Broken Arrow. Um, and I want to say... I can't ever remember if that game was quarterfinals or semifinals. I think it was semifinals. And... He had the big game, and I want to say OU offered him that week between the uh, Broken Arrow game and between the state championship where they lost to Jinx. Um, and I think that's right. And that would have been, you know, he played a Jinx team that had Marquise Overton. I mean, kind of going back to that whole thing of how talented Jinx has been through the years. But, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, to me, I don't really see any guys out there, to go back to your original question, Kerry, that are going to be – um, in-state guys that pick up offers as seniors. Now, a guy like Sean Shaw, with them looking like they're going to have a deep run for yeah. Jones, at some point, everybody's got to figure out he's really good. I, I don't know how it's taken this long. And I don't know if he's an Oklahoma-level guy, but he's right on that conversation, in my opinion. And he's got, like, Kansas and Ohio or something. I mean, just... It's, abs it's absurd how bad his offer list is. I will say one guy that I think maybe could and is a guy that we know Bob saw in person a few weeks ago when Eddie and Joe were there as well is C.J. Moore from Union. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of C.J. Moore. Everybody game. is. Yeah, I mean, to me, that guy should have an offer already. I think yep. Bob Prisbillo and I were at media the, the Monday or Tuesday following that uh, Norman North Union game, and we both said, I, I don't know what OU's thinking if they don't offer this kid i had so many people coming up to me that were from tulsa like why is not OU offered this i'm doing now what i don't know what accent that is that, that's just the tulsa guy yeah the tulsa guys the <laughs> that's tulsa, the tulsa guy they, Rando but, tulsa guy but they were just like what you know why they offer us he, he's he's great I, i've never seen a kid that good i was just like yeah he's really good i mean i think he'll get an offer i mean let's see if he can put on some weight unlike jeffrey mead yeah, the jeff mead stuff i think it just scares people Jeff Mead hasn't. I don't think he's put on a pound. Jeffrey Mead's getting ready to make a uh, Dalton Rodriguez Blitnikoff hasn't run. put on a pound. Dalton Rodriguez was suited out at Iowa State too. Did you know working that? out with uh, with the defensive linemen yeah, during pregame? Desperate they are right now. What uh, Josh? What about a guy like uh, Kaim Caesar? Or did I say that right? I, I think it's Caesar. Caesar. But yeah, you know, um, he's a guy that I don't uh, kind of. I guess I wasn't sure where I wanted to go with that question. I definitely think, Eddie, that he's a guy that like Kansas State and KU and some schools like that could definitely get on, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. He, he's really, you know, he's kind of one of those guys that, and, you know, I, I, I guess I, I remember seeing him as a sophomore, and really the tape that put him on rivals for me, and we've talked about this all the time, was I just kind of got ahead of it because I was guessing 
he was like 6'3", 220, and he was returning kicks for cash. And yeah. you're like, well, that's that's kind of interesting. And, you know, and he looked pretty athletic doing it. And the kid just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now he's like 6'4", 250. He's a mountain of a kid. And I, I really – I still think even with him having about 10 offers now, he's under-recruited. I mean, he's a guy that, again, like the Iowa States and the KSUs and some of those schools – they should be, you know, just all over him. Uh, and so far, I, I think everybody's just kind of waiting to see where things go with him uh, over the next few weeks. I'm just trying to think of guys that are in this mm-hmm. 2017 class that maybe could sneak in the back door somewhere. I can give you a couple receivers that I like that I, I don't understand their lack of offers. Or one guy I saw last week, Christian Robinson Robinson Moore at Noble. And Love this week, him. Rubel Go at Bishop McGinnis. Those are yeah. two very, oh my very God. good receivers. You have no idea the stuff I'm taking about Rubel Go Because uh, we have a crew. Eddie has seen them out at Michigan. You know the crew that you saw out there that was wearing sports animal t-shirts? Yeah, yeah. Some of our sales guys, they're also kind of part-time broadcasters, so they do the McGinnis High School games. I had to go talk to them yesterday because I was getting all of our OSSAA passes for the playoffs. You have to get special passes for the playoffs. And so I had to go by the, the building, and I was like, hey, do I need to get passes for you guys? And the first thing out of his mouth was, now tell me why Rubel Go doesn't have more offers. Should have been like, because you just asked me. <laughs> I texted the coaches, told them not to offer. It, it's a fair question. You know, like we talk about this all the time. Like, oh, this guy's awesome. You should be recruited. Rubel Go should be more recruited. Like, I don't understand what the knock is. There's sometimes, you know, He goes to know, McGinnis, people, so it can't be grades. Yeah, no, I mean, he, well, he goes to McGinnis. And anybody that's ever talked to Rubel, his family, they are good people. He's a good kid. It's not one of those situations where you're like, I don't want to mess with mom or dad. It's it's not that stuff. He's not going to be a problem for you. I I don't understand it. I don't know what it's about. I think we lost Josh. That's a first. That's very interesting. I will tell you this, too. Josh is probably still talking, and he doesn't even know. <laughs> okay, uh, we are back up and running. Our internet just disappeared for a second. That was the problem, not Josh. Josh, before we figured out the internet quit, we wondered like if you were j- how much longer you were gonna just talk without knowing that you weren't that we were no longer connected. <laughs> uh, I think we were talking about Rubel Go, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's where we left off. We're talking about how he's a guy that uh, you said. Well, you were, I think you were talking about his parents were really good people. He was a good kid. There, yeah. It wasn't a great issue with him. Yeah, like I, I just can't. You know, like I said, I he's not a. He's not a speed guy. I get that. He's not the world's biggest guy, but he's 5'10", 5'11". He's not, you know, the smallest guy you're ever going to find either. I just, I don't understand why a lot of the typical schools that recruit Oklahoma are not all over him. You know, the North Texases, the, the Iowa States, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas State, somebody. I mean, he, he's, and he's 6'2", and he's 180-plus pounds. He's not a kid who you, you need. I don't think he's 6'2". Six, they six, keep telling me that, the McGinnis guys. Rubel? Oh, no, Rubel's he's like 5'11". Oh, he's really? Yeah, he's, yeah. In Kansas okay. City, he did not stand out as someone that was six foot. I thought he was. A, I thought he was a big enough guy. I thought he looked like he could be a guy who moves the change, who you can be a third down kind of receiver. He's not as as on that this level as Zach Farrar, but I think he can be in that same vein of somebody you can trust to to run crisp routes, get you to the first downs, make tough catches over the middle, and I think he can hold up. Zach Farrar is like four and a half inches taller though. I know, but there's uh, I know they're still the same kind of receiver. They're same kind of guys that you can trust over the middle. They'll make tough catches. And I, I don't. He's he's got what one offer right now from Air Force. I, I I just don't see how that happens. I'd say he's a 
I'd say he's a poor man, Sterling Shepard. Well, I mean, if he, I, I mean, he's one of those guys. If he has a really good, if McGinnis makes a deep run and he he's a big part of it, which he probably will be. Yeah, he probably comes out with some offers. I don't think you know you offer. Yeah, well, if I mean, if if they make a deep run, it'll be because Rubel Go is beating the other team. Yeah, I mean, they don't. I don't. I don't think it surprises me that McGinnis has only lost one game this year, and it's to the team they play tonight in the playoffs. By the way, I will say this: the same guys that hound me about Rubel Go, they're kind of they're kind of uh, for people that watch him at week in and week out, they're pretty uh, soft. They're they're pretty uh, not down. I wouldn't say is the right word, but they don't really think Condon's a great player. I think Condon's a lot of what we've talked about in this podcast. He's a huge, massive individual that is so raw and has no, Eli, I, I think he's a kid that's going to get to a college campus and they're going to have to almost, you know, reinvent the wheel with him. Cause he, he just, he's got some physical stuff you like. There's pieces of his game that I think really do project. But man, he's not a guy that's going to come in, even as big as he is, and you know he could spend the next two years in the weight room and get physically ready. He's going to need a couple years on a college campus to get used to the speed and learn, get better with his footwork. I mean, there's a lot about Owen Connor that still needs work. But again, he's huge, and there is some upside there. So people are going to take a chance. Yeah, he's someone wherever he goes, people will be immediately enamored with him because of his size. Because of his frame, just when he walks in the door, you're going to want to see more of Owen Condon. And he's a good kid. He's nice, good family, um, comes from a good program like we talked about at McGinnis. So there's a lot to like there. Um, just I've seen him a few times, and every time you watch him play, like Josh said, his footwork isn't there. Uh, he, 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 his athleticism isn't quite there. He can't keep up with speed rushers. I don't see the physicality you want from a guy that size. So there's still a lot to work on. But I mean, he's got a frame. He's got there are only so many human beings in the world that size. And it reminds me of something. I went up to a camp that JD, our guy JD, was running, and uh, he was talking to all the recruits there. And he basically said, "All right, any of you big guys, any lineman, anybody here, you know, six three, three hundred pounds plus." And he says, "Go home and thank your parents for your genes because there's only so many people like you in this country, and it's going to help you get offers." Yeah, well, and, and the other part that's almost unfair to Owen is that coaches are going to leave Southmore High School yeah. and see that freak of nature and then go over to Owen. And it's not that Owen's not a good player. It's comparison bias. Like, you're, you're just going to realize I'm not looking at the same thing here. And the, and the reality, you know, Bray could be down the street from almost any school in the country and it's going to be the same problem. He is just freakishly gifted to the point he makes other guys look like they're doing something wrong when they're not. It's the same reason why people were complaining about Abdul Adams, his play uh, as a true freshman. It, when you come in after Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, it's you're going to notice those differences. You're going to yeah. notice someone's less athletic. But it doesn't mean Abdul Adams isn't athletic. He's he's not Joe Mixon. He's just not Joe yeah. Mixon. You know, this talk kind of started after North beat Union. Um, and I'm curious to kind of get you guys' takes. They've seen him and seen them more, but... Union secondary, they have so many skilled guys in it that I've had a lot of people say, you know what? The more I watch Union, the less impressed I am with Trey Brown. I think he's a way better option on the offensive side of the ball than he is on the, at cornerback. Is there, Josh, is there a little Julian Wilson there? Just blazing speed, maybe even more speed just in short bursts, but just the agility just doesn't seem to be there as much. I can never seem to put my finger on what it is about Trey that 
doesn't see him make enough plays. That that's and, and I agree with Eddie, and that's something I've actually heard from some sources I've talked to is that there may be a, a time when they say, you know, this isn't working out at corner. Let's try him at receiver or skill positions or, you know, have him be a return man for us. Do some stuff like that where Trey can just let his natural athleticism take over because he is. Now, I will say he is a lot more fluid than Julian ever was. But I know what you're saying as far as so, uh, the, a lot of the top skill end set speed, doesn't quite yeah. match up Tra- with what you're seeing. Trey Franks kind of. Yeah, I, I think that yeah. there's some comparison there. Yeah, um, but yeah, Trey is a guy, and I've I've had this question for a couple of years. I know Eddie and I have talked about it. I know Joe and I have talked about it. At some point, you have to start making plays. Like it's great that you're a super athlete, and Trey Brown is almost without question probably the best pure athlete on a football field in the state of Oklahoma. But you have to at the affect same the game time, at some point. Yeah, you're not doing anything. One one. Uh, I know, as Josh said, I've had talks a lot about what uh, Trey needs to be more of a playmaker. You're kind of left wondering where is it when you watch him play. But to his credit, uh, when we watched him against North, uh, Drake Stoops had a big play early, big catch, got Norman North down to the uh, inside the five. After that, Union moved Brown over to Drake Stoops and essentially held him from big plays the rest of the game, and he was really physical with Drake Stoops. Now, Drake Stoops isn't a, as big a receiver as you're going to see in the Big 12 or in college football for the most part, but Trey can be physical. He's stronger than most. He's not just a speed guy. He can he be physical. Strong, yeah. and he's stronger than people give him credit for. And you know, when, when we watched him in Atlanta at the Rivals 5-Star Challenge, when he moved to safety, I also thought he looked pretty okay there when they moved Akuda up to corner and him back to safety. It almost felt like we didn't have to turn his hips and be as fluid as much he could be a little bit better so I think there's just so many options with Trey that maybe it's not corner maybe it's receiver maybe you know he's not that that size but maybe it's safety or a nickel or something but you just you take that athlete and you hope something he figures it out along the way how to make an impact in a game with that kind of talent I'll say this when we saw him down in Dallas and they did the ill speed challenge and he turned it on and ran down that straightaway I was literally like holy shit like it was eye-popping how much burst that kid has. He's really, really fast. He's There's no really doubt about fast. that. And it's it's pretty crazy, too, that, you know, just thinking back to that Illspeed Challenge, it was the four fastest guys that were there, three of them were committed to Oklahoma. Trey, Robert Barnes, and Justin, and Justin Broyles. Broyles. Yeah. So, I mean, I, look, I'm not saying that he's not talented. I'm just saying, like what you guys are saying, at some point you have to make plays on the field. In high school... It's like I got in the, you know, it's same thing with Tulsa guys. I used to get in these arguments, with, and I've talked about this before, with Bill Hasten about, you know, Dylan Harding versus Stephen Parker. Dylan Harding's not even in football anymore. He's trying to be a BMX motocrosser or something. And, but Dylan Harding, yeah, he had more tackles in high school. He made more plays. But Stephen Parker wasn't some guy that was just out there not doing anything. I mean, he did more probably on the offensive side to help his team the defensive side, but he was still making a lot of plays when he was in high school. And that compar- Where, that comparison thing we talked about, Justin Broyles, Josh, who's you know over mm-hmm. in Oklahoma City making a ton of plays, and he's he's just a different kind of corner who's adding more impacts on games, and it, it kind of makes you look over at Trey afterwards and think, oh, well, his stat lines aren't like Justin's, right? Absolutely, but I, I, I want to divert just for a second. Dylan Harding is going into BMX? Yes. I thought, no, I thought he was the, like injured. I, I was thinking no, he's, the reason he's, he's giving up was no, a neck thing. He's quit. Yeah, that's the thing. I talked about this with Bill Hayes. Spinal Hayston, stenosis. Yeah, spinal stenosis, which is what uh, Trevor Knight had, and he had to give up football, but now he wants to do competitive BMX motocross. And, and Bill Hayes was saying the same thing. Like, can you believe that? Like, 
you jump up in the air 50 feet and land down on a bike. I guess you got shocks and stuff, but that doesn't sound smart. Your neck's at more risk. That's got to be on the short list. Yeah, that's really bizarre. Okay, sorry. I, I know I've derailed the whole conversation, <laughs> but that just blew me away when I heard it. Uh, podcast is just one big derailment. So. You know, I, yeah, I think you could say, though, playing in this conference, and especially playing defensive back, it might be worse <laughs> for your neck when you're getting burnt and having to turn, turn it. Look. With more mush. worse than uh, yeah than a uh, a BMX. The twisting action is too much. Uh, this weekend for OU recruiting wise, uh, what what's an update there? Well, obviously there's five official visitors that are expected. Um, the two commitments, Justin Broyles and Addison Gums, and then you've got the three uncommitted guys, uh, Joseph Lewis. Uh, I just put this out on the board, Hunter Eccles, and I'm going to blank on the fifth one. Who is the fifth one? Um, Somebody pull up Sooner Scoop very quickly. Of course, I'm going to be put on the spot here and Jeez, mess this Joe, up. You're the stack guy. Get on top I, of this stuff. I know. But it's Eccles, Joseph Lewis, and uh, Latavius the, Brini, the corner. From, yeah, la, from I Florida. don't know why I would forget. Yeah, Latavius Brini. So you've got those three coming in. I think Addison Gums is important because we talked. Uh, actually, we didn't talk about it in the last podcast, but there was some talk last week that uh, he was working on an A&M visit. So for him to come in this weekend, I think Oklahoma kind of try to lock him down and make sure that he's good to go. He's going to be a January enrollee, so he's really, you know, this is Oklahoma's last real shot to solidify everything with him. Uh, with the three uncommitted guys, Hunter Eccles is committed to SC. He's a guy that's long been involved with Oklahoma. I thought what was interesting about him and Brainy, uh, Hunter Eccles is coming in with both his both of his parents, and Brainy is coming in with his father. So that's always a good indicator for me when a guy is coming from far away. If their parents are coming in, that's usually a good sign of interest. And I know in Hunter Eccles' case, uh, his mother actually went to Oklahoma Christian. So she and she loves OU. There's a lot of affinity within the family for OU. So that's kind of an interesting case. And with Joseph Lewis, we have not been able to nail down that he is a hundred percent taking the visit this weekend. But if he does. Oklahoma will obviously roll out the red carpet for him. He's going to be one of the. He's really one of their last chances at a five star in this class. So I think he'll, you know, obviously be a big part of things. And the other part of Addison Gums is he's a California guy that will get to be around both Eccles and um, uh, Joseph Lewis to kind of show them around and you know kind of maybe help Oklahoma's case in recruiting a couple of California guys. You know, I, I don't. Re- I. This is like a fishtail now, so I don't know. I don't think it was on Jermaine Gresham's official visit when they did the There's Only One Bubba Moses intro. But I will say, I distinctly remember, and Josh, I'm sure you remember this too, Bubba Moses became a bigger focus of that offense on the day that Jermaine Gresham took his official visit than he ever was before or after. I think he had more catches that day than almost the rest of his career combined. Like it was that staggering, you know, like and it, it wasn't that bad, but like it, I think he doubled his number of catches that season for sure. in that one day, I think he had five or six catches for like 80 yards. And, you know, we all remember Bubba Moses was a nice player, but whatever he was, he wasn't much of a receiving tight end. So, no. you're, so you're saying with Joseph Lewis in town, maybe DD Westbrook has a big day. Well, I think he'll have a big day regardless, uh, might, especially if they can run the ball against Baylor like everybody they else They might has. especially emphasize some downfield throws if they can. Yeah, but I was also thinking for Addison Gums uh, to uh, just go ahead and let Caleb Kelly play a whole lot. Or I don't know if that would be a bad thing. 
that that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Like, does that come out positive or or, or in, as a negative? Um, but it, I mean, at least you see there's a California guy. He's a true freshman. He's playing. I mean, you could say the same thing for Jordan Parker, I guess. I thought you were just predicting a huge day for you know like Kenneth Mann at defensive end for Hunter Eccles. Like I thought you were you were going that far down the right the row. No, I think you don't let him <laughs> suit up. You just if they if they want to play better defensively, maybe they should let Caleb Kelly play. Taking a shot early, huh? Eddie Eddie's just going for it. This is I, I mean look this is this is. Baylor at home, scene of one of the biggest disasters of the Mike Stoops era two years ago. Uh, and it's really interesting. I mean, we might as well get into some team talk because we're going to end up running out of time. Um, but this run, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma versus um, Baylor, and then uh, West, Virginia, West Virginia, and then Oklahoma State, like there's still a chance that this defense completely blows by the end of the year and everybody is just as pissed off as they were after the Tech game. That chance still exists. Yeah, I mean, since Texas Tech, it's been, what, Kansas and Iowa State? Right. I mean, there, any improvement has to be taken with a gigantic grain of salt. I mean, you don't know yet until after the Baylor game, right? I mean, Josh, how do you feel about this defense after Kansas and Iowa State? Do you feel the improvement or do you, do you, are you still just kind of waiting and seeing? I'm still waiting and seeing him. For me, with Iowa State, it's almost a no-graded. It's not that Oklahoma was bad. They're so beaten up. I, I don't. I can't even really mark it against Oklahoma if they are bad. If they're good, it's almost, you know, hey, that's pretty impressive you're doing this with this particular group of personnel. But up front, especially when – Gallimore and Lampkin didn't even play in the second half against Iowa State, and we, you know, and I don't know if there's been an answer to what that was about. Yeah, they were just banged up. Okay, okay, that's what I figured it was because I mean they were playing fine. It didn't look like there was any big bust or anything like that. And but that's the point. Even if there was, OU's got to run them out there. I mean, th- there's just no bodies up front right now, and so you know, Kenneth Man is it, getting playing time. I mean, that's he's yeah, one guy that has been getting playing time because they're so injured. I don't. I don't even know how you gauge it right now. But I mean, obviously, the possible return of Matt Romar is huge. And but he yeah, did. He did. He did walk right past me on Wednesday. He got out of the bus. They were practicing over at the rugby fields. He got out of the bus. He was fully dressed. He walked right past me carrying his helmet. He's good to go. And that's, that's huge. I mean, for so Jordan, like I said, they're they're just so short on bodies. My issue is, is I feel like they might go out and play pretty well against Baylor. What we talked about this a little bit in our little private message, guys. Baylor looks terrible. They they just quit against TCU. So I I, I don't know. Here's the thing I, about if Baylor OU goes out and holds them to twenty. I don't know if it means anything. It may be a false positive. Here's the thing about Baylor, which is starting to rear its ugly head. Which we all know that they had some bad guys on that team, and they've had bad guys on that team for a while. But the character issues that you know. Everybody talks about, oh, you know, Baylor was winning all these recruiting battles, uh, you know, against OU and Texas and this and that. But Baylor became that face of that program that would basically do anything to get a kid and, and, and bow down to any kid in order to impress him. And the first one that comes to mind to me is Katie Cannon. Like, Katie Cannon, somewhere along the line, he decided he loved Baylor and what they were about, and he wanted to go there. And I don't know if you remember watching during the game, but there was one time when Katie Cannon was was sniping and yelling at people on the sideline before he ran back on the field. It's just like with uh, 
uh, Shock Linwood, uh, you know, him getting suspended for yelling at a coach. I said this this morning. I'm not afraid to say it. They do have some bitches on their team. To quote Martellus Bennett, they've got some bitches. Coaches love to play the bitches. Well, the, I mean, yeah. There, it's a, it's a bitch program. It's a it's a terrible program, and I hope if OU has the chance to win by two thousand, they take the opportunity. But when on I Saturday. say bitches, what I'm saying is they've got guys that are just completely self centered. Yeah, that only care about themselves. Look who recruited them. Yeah, that you know when Art Briles was there, he could massage some of that stuff. Jim Grove is not built to to handle bitches. I think it's becoming more and more evident as the season has gone on that Jim Grove is just there to show up for a press conference on Monday yeah, and is. after the game on Saturday. He is. Everything else, he does nothing in Waco. He's a punching bag. You got that feeling at Big 12 Media Days when he went up there and said, oh, I don't think we have a problem here. Yeah. I think everything's fine. I said, okay, well, Jim Grove, if you don't see a problem, how is something going to get fixed? You know, you're just up there to... Go up there and say everything's fine while people throw things at you. His finger is not on the pulse of each individual, you know, player in that program. Like it was Art Bryles knew every kid. He he was I think he was okay with dealing with uh, the prima donnas because they were he knew how to push the right buttons to get that talent out of them on the field. Jim Grobe is just not that type of guy. And there's nobody, like Kendall Bryles is not experienced. He's just trying to survive being the only guy calling the offense now. Uh, Jeff Lebby's not that guy. I mean, no. Phil We, we need to alert, alert Sooner Scoop Legal. Uh, Kerry has just informed the world that Bryles was aware of what his players were up to and what they were doing. So we're all Pepper in Pepper Hamilton was going to come calling. Well, we called the <laughs> Title IX office down in Waco, but nobody answered. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, Josh. I mean, I see, I see, and this is, I said this today, there's never been a game, as good as OU's offense has been in the last month, it's never been more important for them to go out and get up early. Yeah. Because if they, they do. They get up 14, 17, nothing early, it's over. Baylor will stop. I, I, I just. You noted that, that, that in the Monday. You you noted that in the Monday morning quarterback about how TCU they made the first couple punches and the game was basically over. Yep, that, Baylor's they, not my problem. They got down twenty four seven, and then Russell comes out and immediately throws a quick screen to his right, and TCU's quarterback reads it from word go, jumps it. It's thirty one seven. The game was done from there. Like it, it was absolutely over. And you're watching, you know, Kerry, you're talking about uh, Katie Cannon, you know, and some of the stuff he was doing. You watch the body language of that team. They didn't look like they cared at all that they were getting pounded. Seth Russell, uh, you know, got benched late in the game. You know, obviously it was over. They were putting in their backups. But he didn't look like a guy that was, man, I just had a terrible day. This, you know, I, if I can fix this, I'll get right. He looked like a guy that was just like, well, on the next week. You know, it just it didn't look like it registered. So I what what is Rayburn. interesting about it is that the two seem, you know, and it's all reading tea leaves because obviously Oklahoma and Texas. Okay, I'm sorry. Embrace the chaos. Man, what was that? Everything that, is messed that up. That me? Okay, I was messing with my headphones. I couldn't figure I out what was like, Josh has totally changed. Man, we got some technical problems today. <laughs> so... I'm so not a raper. <laughs> All right. Um, so bad. <laughs> so I don't even know what the hell we were talking about. I will about say, now. though, going into oh, the this, body language and just guys quitting. And going into or, the game Saturday, I've never I can't remember a time when 
I guess the this Oklahoma defense, I don't know if they're getting a pass, but everybody that you talk to, you drive around Oklahoma City, listen to the radio, you listen to uh, national pundits talking about it. I think uh, Jake was talking about it the other day at post-practice. Everybody thinks that Oklahoma is just going to show up and kind of blow them out on Saturday. When has this Oklahoma defense showed that they can stop anybody yeah. this year? Here's the thing, and and Josh, did you notice? I think Kyle Hicks scored his first touchdown, the running back for TCU. Yeah, big game, and he came back. They showed him walking back to the the stationary bike on the sideline, and he was yelling at the cheerleaders, and he was fighting with cheerleaders as they were walking by. He was talking noise like TCU was fired up to go in there and play that game. Like yeah. Oklahoma, they have to be pissed off coming. I mean, Baylor, they're not going to walk over Baylor. I mean, and that defense, we've seen them, you know, lay as bad an egg as is possible. They have to come into this game expecting the very best Baylor team that they're going to get because if they don't do that, if they think they are going to walk over this team, they'll lose. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor, what they do do is they do force turnovers on defense. Their defense has been pretty good this year. They held OSU to 24 points earlier this season. So Baker Mayfield, who has been good at taking care of the ball lately, is still kind of known for at times when he feels pressure throwing the ball to the other team. And so if he does something like that early or if the Baylor special teams does something early, you can really see Oklahoma finding themselves you know, in the second quarter, third quarter rolling around. If Baylor has a lead or it's close, you, you, you would feel that almost tension rising in the stadium, I could imagine, on Saturday if that happens. Of All these feelings all week of, okay, well, Baylor's sliding. Oklahoma's going to get this win. You get into the third, fourth quarter. If it's close, I guarantee you there's going to be some tensions in that stadium. Well, not to mention, I mean, this is still a Baylor team. As long as Seth Russell is out there with Katie Cannon, Ishmael Zamora's came up with huge plays all season long. He doesn't treat animals well, but he can play football. I mean, there's another guy. Jeez. Just bad people. But, I mean, oh, you could get into a situation. If their offense is not clicking, not doing well, it won't take Baylor long to catch up if this defense is not on tomorrow. You guys are right, but, I mean, it's not as though TCU has been a TCU defense that we're used to seeing. And and against Baylor, they didn't do anything special. They tackled pretty well in space. And they covered. Like, it wasn't like they, you know, oh, they came up with some crazy exotic thing and changed it all up. They handled the basics. Now, one thing I will say is they were really aggressive outside. They weren't, you didn't see guys 10 yards off the ball. They were up. They had a hand in somebody's face. They were rerouting receivers. They were trying to mess up Baylor's timing. So that, that's But they play that, hard, Josh. It, it, I mean, they, they play hard, and you can't say do. that about Oklahoma all it, the time. They do. And I'll tell they you, do. you're absolutely right. And a worried Oklahoma fan will tell you, well, TCU played well because they tackled in space, because they covered well, and they were aggressive on the outside. But hey, when OU's playing poorly, it's because they can't tackle in space. It's because when they're not covering, and it's because when they're not being aggressive on the outside. So I could see <laughs> why Oklahoma no, fans fact. might be concerned if they don't do those things on Saturday. You're right. It is You're good right. news they're getting guys back on the defensive line, though, because if you can get a little bit of pressure, sure. and Matt Romar was pretty good about that before he was injured, uh, if you can get some pressure on Seth Russell, I think I think it it helps everything on the back end. But you know who got some love this week that deserved it because after watching the Iowa State game. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a guy that I haven't seen since he's been I know here. exactly who you're talking about. It's DJ Ward. Yeah, that's what you're going to say. And I don't know how, if, if you remember breaking down that Iowa State game, Josh, but, I mean, it's like it's almost like, to me, an offensive player, like a running back, like a Samaj P. Ryan. Like, he can feel space, or he can feel a hole. He can know, he has vision. He knows where to cut 
when he runs to the line full speed. You kind of see seeing a version of that on defense with DJ Ward when he's starting to feel, you know, a running back when he has the ball, what he's doing, who has the ball. He's not getting confused. He's thinking ahead of the game a little bit, and I've never seen that from him since he's been at OU. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me was just how steady he was. He was a guy that was was where OU needed him to be, and I think to to your point, you would watch him. And I think it's him starting to understand his role in that defense. He's not trying to get upfield. He's not trying to attack the outside shoulder. He's just working on, okay, I can hold my lineman here. I can keep him busy. And then when I see the running back break outside of me, then I'm going to disengage and I'm going to work to the outside. Like, it's not, you know, you don't want to say it's not rocket science because I understand there's more to it than what I'm describing. But at the same time, it's just him playing within the defense and letting things come to him. And I do think it helps when you're playing against Iowa State, who does not have the same caliber of athletes that they're going to face this weekend. They don't have a shock, Linwood. They don't have, you know, and Baylor doesn't either. Baylor, yeah. But you, you understand my point. I mean, I think that does help. But there's no question that DJ Ward, and it's probably partially due to playing time. I mean, and it's it's kind of what we always talk about. OU gets forced into a situation, and all of a sudden the guy starts playing decent football. Yeah, I said it earlier this year that I, I just don't see it with DJ Ward after watching him play a little bit. I, I mean, he, he has looked better uh, of late. I mean, part of me kind of wonders how much of that is playing against a lesser athlete of Iowa State and Kansas. But at the very least, he needs to just kind of pop in tape of guys like P.L. Lindley, uh, Chuka and Dulue, guys who know how to – you set the edge, you know your gap responsibility, you read their formation, you can pick out screens when you see them, things like that. I think DJ Ward can find a niche doing those things because he's not going to be an explosive guy that gets off blocks. He's not going to chase down people. But if he can figure out how to use his body, use the space, right, I think he can. he's starting to show that he can be at least reliable for a defensive front that needs bodies. By the way, side note, DJ Ward, probably the smartest player I've ever known that is more disinterested in doing an interview than any player in the history of Oklahoma football. He's not, he's a, in, in other words, he's not doing bad interviews because he's stupid. He's doing bad interviews because he doesn't care for your questions or to be there or to talk to you. Not to, like, and he's not being a jerk about it. He's just not interested. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. That, Samaj P. Ryan's kind of like that. Yeah. He does not want to I talk to I can get us. more out of Samaj P. Ryan, though, than well, I can yeah, one, DJ Ward. Once he's there, he'll talk to you. DJ but, Ward kind of does that thing like he makes it worse in the way he looks at you or just answers your question. Like, with Samaje, you get a little bit of an opening sometimes. You can make him laugh. I don't think I've ever made DJ Ward even chuckle. I think I've made him laugh once or twice when I talked to him in high school. He was different in high school. Like when he He's was always in, been, a, he's always in Atlanta, been a, a little bit different. Yeah, in Atlanta and stuff, when we talked to him, he was, I'm not going to say charming, but he was more giving. When you'd ask him, he'd give you a thoughtful answer if you asked him a question. And like I said, I'm not saying he's being a jerk. He's just not interested in talking to the media. Yeah, he just doesn't care. No. I'm surprised we don't see him more then. Guys that don't give uh, answers are, tend to be the ones they like to throw out, right? You know who else is, is much better to interview now than he was a month ago? It's Geno Lewis. Yeah. Because he's actually making plays. I think he's warmed yeah. up a little bit. He's comfortable, I think. Now that he's making plays and catching the ball, and he's, I'll tell you, he's kind of what I thought he would be, which is a very powerful possession receiver. Like 
it takes two, three, four people to bring him down when he has the ball. And that's why he's a great third down receiver. Yeah, and that's what I was getting ready to say. He's shown the ability on third down that he can be a guy that Baker kind of relies on when Didi's not there. And uh, If he's one-on-one with somebody near the third down line, I'll take him every time. Yeah. If he's, I can't have Joe Mixon or Samaj P. Right. He's literally a mold of Justin Brown is what he is. And I would, he's a poor man's Brown. That's exactly how I see him. I would imagine he and, and Basquin, you put those two together, have gotten, I mean, almost half of OU's third downs. I mean, those guys. And have Basquin been, just gets wide open. Yeah, he mean, just gets open. I don't, he knows how to work space. And Lewis is more of a, if you're around me, I don't care. I'm still going to catch he it. He gets the to crap it. knocked out yeah. of him, too. He's right? gotten, like, and he comes back. I, I joked with him about that. Yeah, he's gotten and He killed. laughed. I mean, he's like, yeah, well, that happens. He to was me. the one in the Texas game that got blown up right on the interception that didn't get called. Yeah. That and remember the, the, the K State game where he got bent backwards yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah and people thought it was targeting the it's a it's a tie between that one and last thursday up in ames on i think it was a third down over the middle maybe mm-hmm. and he it was one of those hits like being down on the field it was like he just got popped that, that was a good one <laughs> and it doesn't affect him i mean he's no, tough. He got straight up he's really tough how much how much can be expected of samaj p ryan this weekend i know that he's practiced all week uh, he's what's he sat out now three weeks in a row. Here's what I think. I I, I think he's a hundred percent now. Does he need to kind of get back into game shape? Absolutely, just like he did at the start of the season. And I thought it was a mistake not to get him more contact in the preseason because it did take him three games to get going. But I don't think it'll take. I I don't think he'll be a superstar in this game tomorrow. But you know what? You have him ready to go back to West Virginia where he kind of you know, blew up on the scene. Remember, that was the first time mm-hmm. they wore their alternates. Mm-hmm. I think he ran for like 242 yards or something in that game. game yeah. uh, I mean, that would be where you, you, know, you could really use Samaj P. Ryan. And it could be important in uh, Morgantown because I was looking at the weather for next week a couple days ago. I hate looking that far out. I know, it sucks, but I kind of like to tease myself and... I was kind of hoping that it was going to snow or something. Okay, give it to us. Uh, 10-day forecast. I'm trying to check and see what it is right now, but as of yesterday, it was a 70% chance of rain in uh, low 60s. Crap. Well, at least it's low 60s. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess it just depends on what time the game is. It's going to suck flying in. Ooh, it's gone down, though. It's uh, only 20%, partly cloudy, 58. The rain's now moved over to Sunday. 10 days out is worthless. It always it always shifts a day or two. Yeah. So whatever's happening after it or before it is what's going to be. Well, it's either going to be raining or cloudy. So no snow though. I was kind of thinking it was going to be like twenty five and two feet of snow. We haven't ever. I mean, I mean the Stillwater in twenty fourteen was horrible. That was the worst. Is that the worst game we've ever covered? Well, I mean, cold wise, it was probably K State. The yeah, same that was year. Really bad, but there was no snow. But there was no Just snow. Cold. There was ice on the field. Well, yeah, people yeah. were throwing chunks of game. ice at players at the end of the game. And chicken legs. And frozen water bottles. That was the thing. It was like when all that stuff blew up about tech and the water bottles, I was like, oh, this is nothing compared to what the OSU student section did to OU after Baker Mayfield threw that touchdown to Jalen Saunders. It was awesome. I was. It wasn't awesome for me because I was down there. The, and the football players had helmets on. <laughs> So they were just like, yeah, come on, bring it, bring it. I'm, I'm down here, dude. Like, don't, don't invite more of this crap. Can I sidebar for a minute? Yeah. I was thinking about this on Tuesday night during the election. Celebrating the popular vote 
in an election is almost like claiming a national championship 63 years later. <laughs> or however many it the was. The 1945 one to be exact? Yeah. All right, back to uh, football. You don't even know. That started, that started a mini war in my family between me and my brother. Get a t-shirt. They can make t-shirts for it. Well, the thing is, like, you're going to drag me into this. The thing is, UPI, AP are the only ones that have been accepted as coaches. And, and so I tell my brother, he was so mad because I said it wasn't the same and that they, they, they shouldn't be able to put that on their stadium. He was so mad. And he called me. Or this is when I went down for OU Texas. And so he is basically trying to browbeat me and he's texting me. And he's so mad. He's, he's as pissed as he's ever been. And, and I said, only thing that matters is AP and UPI, coaches or, or riders. And, but here's where the OSU fans are going nuts is because they're saying, well, this is the coaches. Yeah, this is the coaches that didn't watch those games, that didn't know any of those players. I mean, Navy's the champion. It's like I told my roommate, he went to OSU, and I was like, you can have it. Yeah. I'm not losing any sleep over it. I don't pay attention to who Horse and Hound awards their national titles to. That's about as big a shot as Joe has ever taken, right there. And it was a Notting Hill reference too. So he I, was he was from Horse and Hound. That was the magazine, yep. the, the press credential he was using. Yep. Another Joe, movie, another movie that, reference that just goes over. He my had head. a shot, yeah, and then he he referenced Notting Hill. Like, <laughs> right. You could have left it alone, and probably no one ever knows what the hell you're talking about. I, I have to let people know. I can't be that harsh. I That's let a hipster know. for you. That's probably true. I'm waiting for the Save the Last Dance reference. That's going to come. Oh, like I, I know it. Oh, step Up. Great movie. I'm Not Step Up. <laughs> not Step Up. I'll give you Save the Last Dance. You didn't not like step up. step up? No. Although, I, on my, when I was with the team, we flew out to West Virginia. We watched uh, was step, up step Up the up one Revolution with Channing Tatum? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my, my wife I did enjoy movie. Step Up Revolution. The one in Miami? Yeah, I watched that on a flight. It, wasn't, it was I mean, delightful. It, it was entertaining, sure. Yeah. The but. girl was hot, like, like they always are. Yeah. It was a good time. She had a rich daddy. Never seen it. Yeah, I'm with Eddie. I don't know. You were, what? What? You were watching King Ralph before we got on here, right? Is that still I was on, Josh? Indeed. I was. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not a movie snob. Like I've got some bad, bad ones in my, uh, both in my collection and in my uh, movies. I'm willing to watch. I, speaking of which, I actually just watched uh, Showgirls the other day. I'm not watching the, that. The wife had never seen it, and I said, "Do you want to see like a gloriously bad movie?" Watch uh, Jesse Spano freak out for two hours while naked. Oh, Showgirls. Okay, yeah. 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 I was thinking um, the one with like Beyonce. Oh, Dream, uh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. I okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Dream Girls, but I've seen Showgirls. So. I haven't. I, I know. I, w- I thought you were going to go with Jamie Foxx. That, that, I think I'm pretty sure Jamie Foxx is in that movie. Uh, I the have one seen you're talking Ray. about. You haven't seen Ray? I have seen Ray. It's very oh, okay. good. Yeah, Ray's great. I've seen that. Uh, Eddie, do we need to give you a moment to uh, celebrate? Josh, Josh brought this up to me. Do we need to because the Cubs had not won when we done our la- when we did our last oh, podcast? Yeah, that's right. Do we need to give you a, a oh, yeah. cha- opportunity Just to feels good to be a world champion? You got famous out of their their World Series run. Well, I mean, got to give it all to uh, Chris and and Anthony and David Ross. It feels good though. It just it, it felt You're really good. In the car went viral. Yeah, it felt good. Hi, Cardinals fans. (laughs) (laughs) 
the, the mm. watching was it Aber who you hugged when it happened? Yeah. That was a beautiful moment. That was a that was a very man moment. That was great. That was a, that was that a lot of fun. Tender anyone ever? Uh, that's the most tender I've ever seen Eddie. Like that was the yeah, sweetest, really was. like nice thing. Good things happen. Good things happen. Put me in a good. You mood. and Aber just had a a big old bromance. That was that was fun. It was a good time. It was a run. It was great. I was happy for you. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad you didn't spray champagne in our room. <laughs> we did it in the uh, concierge lounge. It, they they took care of it. Is that where that was? Yeah. Okay. It's like it up in like the it was ninth somebody's floor. room. No, it was, was up in the. I con- was thinking if that's somebody's room, somebody's doing pretty well on their uh, booking agent. No, I think it was. Uh, I think what Eric, was Eric it? Bailey was it like sparkling? Was it really? Was it really? Champagne? No, it was champagne. They we there was the the liquor store across the street from the hotel. Oh, and you went and bought. So you planned ahead to do that. No, we went and bought it after the game. I mean, you could buy liquor in, until 2 a.m. in Iowa. Well, who wanted champagne? Uh, Aber. Okay. I was Aber. like, yeah. We're going to have to have a talk. You don't we'll, like have some, we'll have some champagne. You don't like champagne, Carrie? No. Oh, see, I love champagne. Men don't drink champagne. Oh, here's another one, I guess. Yeah. No, That's see, I'm men, fine men drink champagne. Okay. Yeah, in celebratory okay. moments, you can drink champagne. Yeah. It's okay. But I, I'm, I'm definitely not going into buying a... Uh, a bottle of champagne to drink on a Saturday. Yeah, I don't, you know, True. cozy up under a blanket and, you know, drink a bottle of champagne. All right, let me throw this out there uh, as we try to wrap things up here. Uh, Big 12 overall, Oklahoma State's getting ready to take on uh, Texas Tech this weekend. I think a lot of people locally are freaking, I think, I think Oklahoma's going to mud stomp Texas Tech. I think defensive, oh, Oklahoma State is going to mud stomp. I, I think they'll be able to find enough defensive stops and they'll just keep scoring because, I mean, that tech defense is an abomination. Well, at some point, you would think that the – and maybe they have, but Tech's going to quit defensively at some point, and you're going to just have to outscore them. If they can – When did they When did they start? That's good. That's a good point, too. I mean, it – You have to actually do something before you quit. They had a good offseason. Like, if I don't show up at my job, I, like, like George Costanza working on the Penske file – like that's not quitting. That's just never starting. <laughs> that's a good point. They, yeah, that's true. And I, then you have West Virginia going to Texas. I mean, here's the crazy thing: this conference could be decided by the end of tomorrow. If West Virginia loses and Oklahoma State loses, OU is tied at least tied, tied for the share of the Big Twelve conference. Some years I'd get you a ring. If you tie for the championship. Well, I mean, oh, you had a coach. They were co-champs with K-State. Where you can't PCU. buy rings. and Who were they co-champs? Were they K-State. co-champs with K-State, K-State that year? Yeah. K-State. Okay. No, it was K-State. the year K-State beat them in Norman. K-State won in yeah. Norman. That's, that's, they still put up a banner. I think for Oklahoma State, it's not this week. It's next weekend. It's next weekend TCU. for both schools. Yeah. Somehow... TCU, that, that looks like State a tough game TCU in next, Fort Worth, and OU goes to Morgantown. OSU's having their senior day tomorrow. Their last two games are on the road. That's true. That's kind of weird. Now, that would be tough to pull out a, if OSU's going to pull out a Big 12 championship down the stretch here, doing it back-to-back on the road. Well, if you lose to, T- to Texas Tech, you have no shot. You're done. Yeah. yeah. And I, Oklahoma, uh, I mean, Oklahoma-Baylor this week should give you a pretty good um, feeling about OU the rest of the way. If they just take care of Baylor... And they do something like win, you know, 52, you know, 30, 52, 27. I think you feel okay. 
you feel like that's that's the team that can kind of go in and they'll beat OSU and they'll beat West Virginia or at least you know split those games and get a Big 12 championship. Now if they struggle with Baylor, I I mean you you got to worry about Morgantown big time. And then if you lose in Morgantown, for all you know, you got to play OSU again uh, for your Big 12 title hopes. So I, Baylor Baylor to me is another litmus test. Although I thought I thought TCU was a litmus test for this team. And I guess it kind of has been in a way. All the games since TCU have been like the TCU game, right? Yeah. So probably more of the same down the stretch. I well, no, people are going to hate me for saying this, but I I'd say there's a decent chance Oklahoma State could run the table. Well, look, if they if they beat Texas Tech this weekend, just get ready, and they do it solidly like I think they will, just get ready for Oklahoma State's the best team in the Big 12, and yeah. they're going to run the table. I mean, that that there will be a large you know group that starts that. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's wrong, because I think with Oklahoma's defense, all bets are off. I mean, we're going to... Yeah. We're going to find out everything that we want to know yeah. in these next three weeks about OU's defense. If they're capable, which I think they are, are they are they great unless they have Charles Walker and Matt Diamond? Probably not. I think, and that's, you know, as a shit conference as this is, it's still fun. The, ne- the next three weeks are going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, once you get rid of any kind of national title hopes and you just embrace the points, have some fun. I mean... Think, crazy thing though about Oklahoma State speaking of national title hopes that Central Michigan loss has really taken them out of any sort of I mean they could they would be yeah. in the conversation with one loss right now and uh, now they're I mean now they're 13th in the college football playoff based on one Hail Mary I mean you can I, I, I mean what what are the scenarios kind of down the stretch here which could cause chaos in the college football playoff I mean Michigan losing to Ohio State well, I think the number one thing that Actually, you need you need Michigan to Michigan, lose to Iowa this Iowa, weekend. Yeah. Actually, you probably need Michigan to win out. Michigan and, to win out. Yeah, they're just the team from the Big Ten. To not, the, I mean, just establish their place. You need Alabama and Michigan to win out. You need the chaos to happen in the Pac-12, and, and Clemson's probably in no matter what, even if they lose the ACC title game. You and need, you, your best chance if you're the Big Twelve is for the Pac-12 to just eat itself. So you want Washington. USC to lose this weekend to Washington and then probably lose again no, you to Washington No, you want USC State. to win. Beat Washington. Uh, beat Washington, yeah. 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 But, and you need to be put rooting for Houston to knock down Louisville. Yeah. Yep, yep. Which, I I mean, does Houston still even play football? It's like after the seventh week of the season, it was like, all right, well, Houston's who we thought they were. They're beat up. They have a bunch of injuries. They keep losing to teams like Navy. I mean, Tom Herman's resume has been sent out all across the country by now, right? I mean, he's he's not even thinking about coaching Houston next year. I mean, there's no way. It'd be awesome if he just kept it real and was like, "Yeah, I'm just biding my time to get out of here." Uh, okay, we didn't take any questions from the board this time, uh, and I apologize for that. I do. Are you are you guys interested in questions from a rock star in an NFL center? Sure. Yeah. Uh, first question from the rock star Jared Followell: What's the best way to get Joseph Lewis some cash? Asking for a friend. Well, I would say the best way would be to uh, go with a nondiscreet gym bag left in his hotel room with uh, bills that aren't uh, that aren't uh, in order. Are you volunteering to be a bag man, Eddie? No. Definitely not, because if somebody gave me a bag of money, I'd take it and keep it. That that was going to be my suggestion. Deliver it to me, and you know we'll see what happens. 
Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? Call the cops on you for taking their illegal money? It's like uh, the people and cops when they get called out because somebody sold them some cheap crack. Got to call the cops. Sounds like an episode of what was the really bad Fast and the Furious with uh, Tyrese? No. Were not they all pretty th- bad? There were people that will tell you that. Don't you dare say that. Fast and the Furious are awesome. They're all Stop awesome. Stop it. Oh, God. I, Carrie, you're better than this. Uh, is it Too Fast, Too Furious? I think it is Too Fast, Too Furious. The one that was really awful was the one. It wasn't even the same people. It was the one where he went to Tokyo Drift. Japan. It's got Mike Winchell in it from uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, exactly. That's the right one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's it's Tokyo Drift. That's Tokyo what it was. Drift it was, a- was pretty bad. It, yeah. it went off the rails. <laughs> I'll admit that one. I just somehow can't. the Yakuza got involved yeah. in that one. Mike and Winchell. they were racing through a development of houses and just like driving through you houses. Through a like house, I, yeah, unfinished house. Although the scene where yeah. they go down like a parking garage and drifting the whole way is pretty cool. Gay Biker would like to know odds that I post a picture of my dogs looking disappointed. And they're Sooners jerseys if Ishmael Zamora scores. I guess it's Ooh. a trivia question because he answered it. That's a he said one hundred percent. That's a hundred percent. Not that yeah. will get a retweet, Gabe. I mean, we can disagree on a lot of things, but I think everybody can agree that we all love dogs. And uh, if you don't, if you do that to a dog, you're a schmuck, and we can all hate you. So go, Gabe Iker. By the way, uh, Jared Followell would like us to relay the story about when he was in Italy. He ran into Art Bryles getting on a massive uh, yacht. That was like a week a after. super yacht. That was like a... This is right after he got It was like a week fired. after, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And he said... It, it, we looked it up. It was $300,000 a week to charter that boat. And it was massive. He also... He wanted me to relay that he was so dumbfounded when he saw him. The only thing he could think to say to him was sick him. <laughs> And it, and he said it, he, he, the looks on he and his wife's face were priceless. But he said he just locked up. I guess I could see that. Like if you're in Italy, and you see, like what if you saw like Nick Saban? Like what would you say? I just go to him and say I know, and wink at him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll end the podcast. Any anything we want to hit on? Anybody? Any any recruiting nuggets? Eddie, where Not, will you be tonight? I'm going to see Jinx and Southmore. So Bray Walker up in Tulsa. Joe, do you know where you will be tonight, or is this a discussion that we're going to have after the podcast? Uh, we could switch. I could go with Eddie if we want, but uh, right now I'm thinking Dell City, McGinnis, uh, rematch of last year's playoff Uh-oh, game. Oh, Rubel Go. Rubel Go, Owen Condon. D- uh, Dell City's got a uh, 2018 guy that looks good, and also like Cecil Cole at receiver. So that'll be a good matchup for 5A football in Oklahoma. I guess Terry Miller wasn't the answer at Oregon, huh? Terry Wilson. Terry Wilson, I mean. He got passed over by that other freshman. Yeah. And I mean they were talking though that they liked him a lot when he was coming in. That they thought and he, he had, had a good a spring to too, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. I'm I think Terry was always a guy that needed a little time, and I think that didn't work out well for him. If he could have that year to red shirt, I think he'd have yeah. been better off. You know what though? That that shows you a lot about where they're at recruiting, that they had to come into, you know, Dell City and, and I I thought Terry was a hell of a player. He was he, he finally started making a lot more plays as a senior, but like but based off his junior stuff, I just didn't see it. I mean, a lot of athleticism. When we saw him at Rivals Camps, very impressive, all that stuff. You just didn't see it on tape from him. Yeah, the last that Oregon took that guy. The, yeah. the last game he played in high school was actually last year against Bishop McGinnis, McGinnis. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I watched I was at that game and Terry Wilson scored seven touchdowns. And that was the first time I had seen him in person. 
Um, and it was just incredible. And it was kind of one of those things where I, I, I report back to Josh about what I saw. Um, and you try not to get too excited about it because you know that this doesn't happen every week with Wilson. It's just something he has in him um, that you know he's capable of, but you still have to take it. Um, you temper your enthusiasm and make him do it in a consistent basis. But man, the, the talent's there. He's got tons a, of talent. He's got a live arm. He's a bigger kid than people realize, and I mean, he's fast, very fast. All right, that's gonna do it for. Well, Eddie's got one more. Thing. I got one more thought, and this happens to pertain to Baylor. My my dream on Saturday is, uh, you know how they like honor. Uh, Season, season ticket, ticket holders, holders in between teams. innings, or I mean, in between uh, quarters, I would. I hope that they bring uh, Drayton McLean out and honor him, and then the whole crowd could give him the middle finger. That would be like my 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 lifelong dream, and I'd get scoop HD of that. That'd be guaranteed. <laughs> but it would be hard because I'd be I'd have I'd have to uh, hold the camera only with one hand because I'd be giving the finger with the other. Did that guy get fired? That. Uh any news on that guy that said all those awful things to Brenda Tracy, the Baylor dude? Oh, the uh, the fan that ended up deleting the, the account or yeah. whatever. Yeah, they, I mean, hopefully he I deleted hope his life. I and mean, you could see his organization where he worked from that screenshot that she posted. How stupid are people like that? That's just amazing that you would let. That's just not smart. I mean, oh. I see it all the time. I mean, people when they're awful to me on Twitter and they they try and hide it with their name, I still find them. It's He's not just, hard. All you have to do is, I mean, people don't realize this. You're not invisible. Like, I just go down your friends list. I look them up on who you're following. I find them on Facebook. Boom, they're friends with you on Facebook. I find you. I mean, it's not that hard. That and guy, then I look you up on court dockets and then throw stuff back in your face. Facebook stalking 101. That guy's a loser. I hope somebody finds him and beats him up. And then... Clayton McLean? Uh... Well, either or. I mean, okay, Drake okay. McLean or the uh, or the the guy that the was Brenda going Tracy after Brenda guy. Tracy. Basically, if the you C word, if you went to Baylor and graduated from Baylor and still backing Baylor right now, you should probably be beat up or selling cab T-shirts God. before the game. See, that's the thing. Like, what is that? I mean, you can be disappointed in what your program did. Their entire but their coaching not. staff signed a letter. Stating that he still didn't do anything wrong, you can love your school and your football program and still say this period, this what was happening was wrong. It doesn't have to be we're going to go down with the ship. You know, this was wrong. We were we hate that this happened, but that doesn't mean I don't love my football team. Like I understand that, but this need for you know, well, if it's going down, we're all going to burn with it. I don't understand that at all. Okay, last thing. I'm going to have to edit some stuff out, probably. Uh, any big upsets tonight in high school playoffs? That's a good question. Josh, you, are you really picking Norman North to win it all? I am, and it, it's really uh, that Jinx Union semi, which, you know, again, we expect. People, you look at the road that is toughest for any team. I would say Jinx has a tougher road to the state title than anybody else in 6A. Because they've got to go through Southmore in the first round, then they've got to go through Union, then they get the week off, and then they got to probably play Norman North. That's brutal. Like, don't get me wrong, Norman North is not not a world beater, but those are three schools that have 
as much Division One talent as just about anybody in the state, and they're all well coached. Yeah, after the Norman, so after Norman, that's, that's tough. After Norman North beat Union, uh, there are people kind of saying, you know, well, what does that really mean? I mean, if anything, Norman North's going to be overconfident now going to the playoffs when they have to play Union or Jinx again. And I said, no, what it does is it allows Norman North to not have to play Union or Jinx. They're going to go into the state title game with much less resistance than either of those teams will have to go through. I would rather they, I would rather play Jinx in the state title game than Union yeah, if I'm Norman North. Yeah, I, I don't want a piece of either of those teams when you beat them in the regular season. Exactly. Norman North better win tonight. How about is that, that? Is that Who what do they calling? have? I'm not calling for an upset, but yeah. it just seems like one of those games that everybody's put already put Norman North into the state championship. Like they might be reading which their I, own I press think clippings. they have. I think they will. I think they can get there. But Westmore seems like a team that I've yeah. watched them a couple they times. Southmore. They score a lot of points. Yeah, and if they get their point. run game going, uh, I don't know. Just be something to watch. But you, you just look down the end of their season, Eddie, though. Westmore did not close from. They got beaten by Broken Arrow. And like I said earlier, Broken Arrow is not Broken yeah. Arrow. No, that's and true. That's true. You know, they lost three of their last five. I mean, they their wheels really came off once they hit October. And not off, but I mean, just they weren't playing at that same level. So I, you could be right. Don't get me wrong. Westmore's got enough talent to scare some people, but... I don't. I don't know. I, I think Norman North's are re, just a really good team all the way around. It, don't get me wrong. If both teams come up, come out and show up tonight, Norman North will win by maybe probably two, three touchdowns. So, does does PC West have enough talent to go into Bixby and get a win? It, they don't. But I guarantee. I I would bet you for a half that's a scary game for Bixby. But just because. Who do they have that's going to cover Nick Robinson? Like who? There, there's, I mean, you can go around the state and ask that same question. There's no matchup for him that wins. But sooner or later, Bixby's got thirty good players, and West has about five. So that that's going to win. But the best player on the field is probably on West sideline, and sooner or later, that that pays off. But it catches up eventually. Good old fashioned playoff football. It's already basketball season at Putnam North. How bad is how bad a how bad a recruiting situation is Nick Robinson in right now? How do you mean? Well, what I had been told was like basically since he he dumped Memphis that he was expecting a lot of people to jump on board that just didn't. There, I think there's some truth in that. I think he kind of thought there were, and this is what we talk about, man, with these offers and what they do and don't mean. It's where it gets confusing. These kids think stuff is there that's. That's not there. And, you know, some school that was dragging him along that, you know, quietly liked that he was committed to Memphis because they didn't have to, you know, commit to, hey, we want you. They could just keep saying they did. And now that he decommits, then you find out what's real and what's not. And I, I think there's some truth that he's finding out maybe maybe some of those options weren't there. Yeah, and that's yeah, disappointing. The thing we were talking about is it's almost reminds me of like Houston earlier. Um, all these kids that committed to Memphis and they they thought they could build something together there, and that's great. Um, but the problem is with schools that aren't established like that, that success can be fleeting, and you're not sure of the stability there. I mean, look, Memphis is kind of having a hard time. Houston's having a hard time. Um, I mean, there's a reason why the blue bloods are the blue bloods, um, and why those offers are so valuable. Because chances are, if you can commit to one, it doesn't really matter if there's a, a player situation at that school. Because you know, you know USC or you know Oklahoma or Alabama, they're going to be there. They're going to still be there. So um, I, it, I, it's kind of hard to see a guy with an offer list like the one he has with Tennessee and A and M and all those schools, and he, he can't find a place to go right now. It's kind of hard because he's a very, very talented uh, kid. 
All right. I think we should uh, close this off here and uh, appreciate you guys uh, showing up for another podcast. Sorry once again that we're so late, uh, but a lot, of, a lot of high school playoff stuff today, a lot of Baylor stuff, uh, a little bit of recruiting there for you. Uh, a little bit of angry Eddie as well as always, which I know the people enjoy. I wasn't too angry. No, you were pretty calm today. Pretty sure that's our most popular part. I think angry Eddie is yeah. probably the most popular. Oh, part you of doesn't go out and cover fifteen and a half tomorrow. It'll be interesting. I think it's up to week. seventeen and a half. That's crazy. A lot of value there at fifteen and a half. Buy it down. Buy down. Buy down. It's amazing that you don't ask for more raises. That, that should tell you something. I'm doing well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good. We'll end it on that high note. Uh, thanks to Josh McQuistian. Back in studio. Sorry about the technical difficulties. I don't know why I'm apologizing because I've got to edit it out anyway. Uh, Eddie Radosevich, Joe Duvall in studio. I'm Kerry Murdoch. We'll see you earlier next week, we promise, for another edition of the Unofficial 40.